Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Halloween special here today, and we got a spook in the studio. Is that what we call CIA? Yes, you may. CIA guys? I, I thought... Because he's white. Oh, no, That's also no, no. very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, usually be the opposite. <laughs> There's so many fucking I, ways we can I never understood. Right can, can somebody, I, I don't, you know, uh, I try not to use racial slurs. as That's, that's a, a smart lie. career play. That's yeah, yeah. a lie. He how, does all the time. However, mm. I am curious about, <laughs> you know, the etymology, like how that became. Why? Why is CIA? Yeah, how did that become a spook? No, no, I know that because they sneak around and shit. Yes. But why would uh, why would spook be a slur for a black person? Because it seems like a pasty white dude like me is closer to Casper than him, right? Sure. I don't understand that. Yeah, strange one. It's a mystery. We'll never know. No. Oh. No, we can. Bob, look up spook yeah, on the call internet. Oh. Yeah, it dates back to the 1940s. <laughs> there you go. Let me see here. Uh, I, I'll have to look up. Jim a more. Spook. Yeah, it Dave. was like one guy who fucked Dave. it all up for black people. Dave Spook. Dave Spook, who was just walking around, though. dude, doing shit. Uh, that would be really funny. Bob's actually looking. Put the camera on Bob because he's intently staring at he's this. This is what I love about Bob. Right now. That's what he's look at the doing. hard work, though, to find out the meaning of spook. You, yeah, you interrupted my porn. Uh, When's yeah, the last time you broke a sweat, Bob? You know, chasing knows? your kid around. Maybe? Yeah, probably. Uh, Tennis, eighth grade. Okay, so I don't. I'm still looking for this, but apparently, if you want a little bit of racist history here, we we do, Bob. Yes, we do. It's Halloween. Do you know what the German Air Force was called no. in World War II? Mm-mm. The Luftwaffe. Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently. Black pilots who trained at Tuskegee were referred to by white pilots or whatever as the Spookwaffe. Mm. Ah. Uh, that still doesn't... That, uh, that, this is just what dictionary.com is. Yeah. Sure. I'm still looking <clears throat> sure. for... Yeah. Well, that has to be accurate. It's online. Yeah, it's, it is. So it's true. It's kind of disappointing, though. Uh, we got former CIA agent Brian Dean Wright on the show today. Well, it's, it's officer. Is it? Yeah, so... Uh, an uh, an employee of the agency is an officer. An agent is somebody that you turn. It it is true. It is true. Colloquially, like a lot of people call it all sorts of different yeah. uh, different names, but it is true. That is technically true. Okay, and that's he's, the best he's, kind he's of a rule true. guy. You got to follow the rules. The I don't follow the words. fucking oh, no, rules. You're a CIA agent. Yeah, dude. just call me a dickhead. That's fine. I I know the yeah. rules specifically, so that can I, I so that I can break them. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. You can't break rules effectively if you don't know what they true. are. True. And, and when you got a CIA guy on the show, we've had a few of you guys on in the past, former, right? Okay, yeah. Not current, no. former. Smart, yeah. Well, we want We want all the shit. Yeah, we don't we know. We may have been infiltrated. It's hard to say. We could have been. You were. Connor Stallions, dude. <laughs> and that's why I'm here. I'm here to talk to you about your browser histories. <laughs> wow. Sure. So, well, it's, that's mostly look. fucking Bob. I yeah. don't know who was looking up African casting, but uh, my money's on Bob. <laughs> what? 
That's that's, that's a, a real thing. porn site. That's a real yeah. thing, by the way. It's a guy who they're not d- a sponsor, by the way. No, it's a it's a it's <laughs> yes. a man. Yes. He he appears to be European, and he I does see. not give a fuck about getting AIDS. Clearly, it, no. Right? I see. Um, is, he, is he former Marine? I can't tell. Possible. His face is never in it. I haven't I seen see. him eat in a crayon. It's only the Africans you see. I see. Uh, and it's real, by the way. Oh. Yeah. If you go to Pornhub, Bob, and type in African casting, it's a big like subcategory yeah, of porn. I, fucking so. Bob doesn't need, like, he knows. That you think he knows? Or, yeah. Oh, come on. I hope he knows. Well, you know, I, I was posted uh, in Africa, and I never, I never bumped into him. Uh, so that's a shame. Sounds yeah. like he's a real interesting character. Yeah. Sure is. Flip that dude. But yeah. we're going to go. See, there it is. There's African casting right there. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Told you. So they come in and they cast these girls straight from Africa. And it's, a, it's a nice thing. It's a nice way to make your way into America. It's just like back when casting living. couch, instead of the couch being black. Yep. The girl is. The girl is. Yep. You understand? Wow. That's a, that's a Halloween Insight. Are you regretting this decision coming on here this early? No, it's no? so far we've covered racism. Uh, we've covered what a bling. It's going to get worse. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's going to get worse. A month ago, I, I loved the episode about mostly buttholes. So we can, yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we yeah. can go in that yeah. direction. There's yeah. so many things. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, I could watch African casting all day, by the way. Um, but I would have. For the look, acting, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. This, mm. Whoever writes these scripts is really good, dude. Great writing there. Mm. Uh, since we do have somebody from the CIA on, I, whenever somebody like you comes on the show, I want to ask all the cool shit. Do it. And hopefully you know. Maybe you don't. We'll see. Okay. All right. First up, uh, there has been reports mm. that Vladimir Putin is dead, and they're actually giving a date here on this. Um, and this is from a Russian newspaper, not like yeah. The Sun. This isn't Sasquatch. You know, this used to happen with Saddam deserts. all the time, too, by the way. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. So, But we were able to verify him through his DNA and his kids through his DNA. That's right. This we don't have access to, so who knows? All right, so here, let me read this to you. According to a mysterious Russian telegram channel, General SVR, uh, Valerie Slovedi, whatever the fuck you pronounce it. Are you Russian? Thank you. No, I should have He's a native speaker. I should have been. Wow. Yeah, translate a little bit on the side. Yeah, good hustle. Um, (laughs) Now, this is a prominent Russian political analyst. Uh, They're saying, yes, he is dead, uh, and, and they're, they're given a date here. So okay. the fact is uh, that the Russian president supposedly breathed his last breath on this earth. Oh, that's very poetic. On Thursday. Thursday. So October is this a, 26th. Is this a former, you said SVR? So that's their Intel uh, service, yeah. SVR. Oh, it so, is. So it's a, it's a former head, you're saying? This is Correct, this is, yeah. Okay. And it's their top well, political analyst. Well, <clears throat> wait, that, it wasn't the general SVR is the name of the guy, right? But he's not the general no, in charge. No, it's a SVR. channel. It's a channel yeah, yeah. called so, so, General SVR. And yeah, then the, so and SVR then, is there. It's like the CIA yeah. SVR. But right. doesn't it kind of sound like QAnon for Russia a little bit? So here's the deal. In a lot of these environments, uh, you, you get all kinds of crazy uh, rumors. And there are allegations that are put out there by a government uh, to, tr- in some cases, smoke people out within the regime to see if they start, uh, you know, creating the potential for a coup d'état or something. They start schwacking somebody. They want to. Mm. They, they put this stuff out there to see how people will react as sort of a, a loyalty test, like a baited so, ambush kind of. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying that is true in this particular case. But when we start getting this stuff out of these kinds of places where information is really tough to come by, I'm always like very low confidence that it could be true. But look, I, I think uh, Putin has been unwell for many years. So if if he you know keels over one of these days, he's not a young man. He's seventy one. Yeah. yeah. So it, it wouldn't be shocking that he would die at some you know early age. Okay. Let's get to the next one here. You ready? Fire away. Uh, this attack. I was seventeen and I didn't know her name. That's a lie. You knew her name and you uh, 
Well, you chose to you chose to break and the rules on I your got own. Chlamydia. Dude. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is. Anyway, next question. Sure. Uh, this uh, this thing that's happening, obviously in uh, in Israel with uh, Hamas. Yes. Again, uh, he's not only Russian, but he's Palestinian. That's it's amazing, amazing, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm good. You are. Take it home with you. I'm going to. Enjoy it. Replay this over and over again. Just learn how to pronounce things. Okay? I'm on it. Very good on this show. Everybody knows that. Um, were they trained in Iran? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so that, th- this has been going on. Both Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, uh, Hamas, th- they've been doing this for years going Houthi over to— as well. And yep, Yemen. absolutely. Yeah. So you, what Iran basically does is they, they know that they've got a, a weak conventional uh, series of forces, so they train these proxies to go around the Middle East and the world— to do all kinds of crazy stuff, uh, bad stuff in terms of our perspective. So the fact that these guys went back into Iran, not surprising at all, at all. Well, you know, one of the, one of the things that really bothers me about this is something we haven't talked about since this particular conflict started. But after some of the money transfer networks in the Middle East got disrupted, uh, Hezbollah started working heavily with the cartels in South America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now we were talking about it before the show – but more and more people from, you know, not great parts of the world are getting shipped into South and Central America. And Unbelievable. they're coming here, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. So, for instance, in Haiti, uh, we know that there's about six or seven different charter companies that are flying people around, not just from Latin America, but they're flying them in from Eastern uh, and Western Africa, Southern Africa, throughout parts of Europe. And they're landing them first in Haiti and then advancing them onto Nicaragua, which is led by a socialist and communist government. Those guys are making a ton of money, the Sandinistas, the old Sandinistas. <clears throat> then they are sending those guys and gals onward to uh, the, uh, the obviously, our country. And none of them are vetted. We don't know who these folks are. Uh, and it is, I think, since August, just Haitians alone, I think we're at 50-plus thousand people just over the past three months from Haiti. And we're talking tens of thousands of others from Western Africa as well and, and other places around the world. It's, it's a shocking number, and we know it. We're, we're watching the whole thing go down. And why aren't we doing anything about it? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, really it comes down to leadership, right? So whoever's in the White House has to decide that's bad, and then they have to ask for options. So one of the things that, that uh, the, the, uh, Mr. Biden could do if he so chose is we, we know exactly who these guys are, the companies, where their planes are, who the CEOs are. And he could pass uh, something called Title 10, Title 50 authorities and basically just say to the CIA or some folks within the military, light these guys up, mm. blow up the planes, <clears throat> kill the dudes, let's, and you can do it. Uh, but we choose not to do that. And Why? That, that's a presidential decision because a lot of these guys um, in, in Mr. Biden and his party, they chose or, and choose uh, not violence, whereas some guys like me are, are more prone to say let's embrace violence. Yeah. Well, I mean, Obama yeah. didn't have a problem with it, though, right? I mean, at the very beginning, they kind of let the borders loose, and then the Dreamer stuff took over a lot of the uh, the conversation vis-a-vis yeah. immigration, illegal immigration. But he deported more people than all previous presidents combined. And we did some pretty kinetic operations cross-border, including some things like the gun walking yeah. thing that didn't go well. But there are a lot yeah. more operations that went well that people don't know about. Yep. That ha- and it's, like, it's so weird True. to me how the left in this country – is so back and forth on immigration. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's their their stance on it changes uh, a lot. Well, over the past twenty years, you have seen increasingly the the generally speaking the Democrat Party and go further and further left, and so that means an increasing uh, embrace of illegal migration yeah. because that provides a certain number of political benefits to include when a census comes up, all of those now millions and millions <clears throat> of people are in these you know traditional blue cities. They don't they can't vote, but their bodies count for representation in the House. 
So suddenly you're getting a lot more uh, representatives from blue cities. And you're shifting power increasingly to these folks who, by the way, cannot exist without support from the federal government or state government in terms of food and housing and medical care, et cetera. So So what what you're saying is they can't vote. However, it counts towards the census. Yes. Therefore, you get more votes inside the That's precisely it. That's probably the best explanation I've ever heard of this because – Otherwise, we can't afford to house these people. We can't afford to feed them. Cities are are getting overrun by them, and that's what they're doing so they can get more more votes. Correct. So that, I think, is uh, one of the motivations. The the second is um, a lot of uh, folks on the left, especially the the Marxists, the socialists, their belief is that because businesses can jump across borders with relative ease, labor should be able to do the same. So workers from Panama or Venezuela should be able to walk across the border, shouldn't even be a border. Borders are violence, according to folks on the left. So let the labor come across just like businesses do. Don't need to even vet them and let them work here. And that equals out that tension between the workers and businesses. That's the leftist argument. I think it's a pile of crap. Yeah. But that is their argument. Yeah, I agree because, look, one, you're going to be losing taxes. Two, a lot of these times the money's uh, getting shipped back to their own families overseas. Well, more, actually yeah, more so now United than States. ever before. Yeah. So it used to be pretty common for people to assimilate in the American culture. And what I hear from CBP now is the vast majority of these people stay five years and then they fuck off, take all the money back with them. And they, so, they don't contribute necessarily anything here. So this is, there has been this huge debate about well, these migrants coming across uh, unlawfully. Who are they? Why, what, why are they coming here? And a lot of people say, oh, they're here to, to you know, claim asylum. And they certainly are claiming it, but they don't qualify. There was this great survey, that one of the best ones done. It was uh, in uh, September by the Kaiser Family Foundation, LA Times, you know, traditionally leftist mm-hmm. uh, on both. And they found in their largest sample to date that 75% of people trying to come across the border are here only for jobs. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're not here. Which, by the way, you, you, that does not mean that you quali- qualify for asylum, yeah. just because you want a job and you're poor. No, you have to from- establish credible fear. That's correct. Yeah. Right. And they're not. In fact, the, the, uh, the a lot of folks on the border aren't even asking those, those questions. They're just letting people in. So we know that 75 percent of this crisis right now is being driven by people who just want a better life. Don't blame them, but you got to follow the rules. Otherwise, we get the mayor of New York City saying you're destroying our towns. Right. right. Uh, next up, this is going to be uh, probably a tricky one for you personally. Here. Oh God! All right. Should the CIA exist? <laughs> I think that we would have to ask the question: What is the function it currently it serves, and can we? Are, are there too many abuses to ju- to justify whatever benefit we get? So I think that the last five or eight years has shown pretty clearly that we have some massive abuse within what I'll call our, our administrative state our deep state. Uh, we have guys, former CIA directors, John Brennan, and you've got other guys, and 51 individuals who signed that letter that said that Hunter Biden's laptop was you know, Russian disinformation. Yeah. Not true. They should have all known that. So it, it begs the question, is the, the benefit that the agency provides us uh, in terms of protecting the homeland, is it really worth the risk of giving these guys massive amounts of power yeah. uh, mm. to help in what they did do in 20, they, they screwed over the country. They were insurrectionists. They were the ones who damaged this nation by doing what they did, and they knew exactly what they were doing. So I think it's fair to ask, under those circumstances, what we have just experienced, do we need the agency? And if not, can we farm some of that out to you know, State Department or others? I don't know. I think it's fair. I'm open to the conversation. Well, I mean, why couldn't we put more of that funding into local police departments, uh, beefing up their staff, beefing up the security um, so, rather than this organization, yeah. which, um, you know, I don't know how often you listen to the show, but uh, yeah. uh, Dan thinks 
you know, we should shut down all of it, right? Yeah. DOJ, CIA, IRS, FBI, um, shut it down. And, and what if we put that money back into our local communities, police department, fire force, you know, all that stuff, firefighters, everything else. Look, I think it's a good academic exercise to think about. The, the, the devil will be in the details in terms of how you do that and what authorities you give to different people. But I will <laughs> say that the, the whole idea behind the CIA is to recruit foreign spies and steal foreign secrets mm. and give that to a policymaker, a series of policymakers, and help them guide the country. So who else can do that? If not the CIA, you know, you can give it to the State Department. You know, they have diplomats, and they can go out and have conversations, and they do. They've got their own intel group. It's called INR. Um, so do we need the, the CIA to do human intelligence? I think there's a role there, but how important is it given the abuses that we've experienced? I don't know. One of the things that actually uh, Dan and I have talked about before is in this world that's increasingly interconnected with cameras and artificial intelligence with, you know, uh, you know, that's all infused and you can actually predict what people are going to do. It's incredible with what's called digital exhaust. So if I have certain patterns that I've done in the past that, that, you know, dictates what I'm probably going to do in the future. In other words, it's really hard to run human informant networks without being discovered. And if they're discovered, then your foreign adversaries can feed you false information and screw with you. So the whole field of, of human or human intelligence, I, I don't know how much of a, of a future it's got. Uh, so that in and of itself may dictate that we should neck down a CIA that's mostly human, right? So that, that I don't know what you guys well, I mean, think about that. But. <clears throat> the reliance on SIGINT instead of HUMIT kind of got us into 9-11 too, right? So I could see the other side of that argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. The devil's in the details. We can't just collapse agencies without doing other things as well. So for example, if we're going to continue to have not even just open borders, but the possibility for visas for people from problematic countries, yeah. right? Yeah. then we kind of do need some kind of spy agency to keep track of what the fuck's going on there. Right? I, I right. think it, it all comes down to authorities, like how much power are you giving mm -hmm. these guys? And then who does the oversight, right? Capitol Hill, the House and the Senate, they're supposed to be doing the oversight. They have staffs. They're well, supposed they, to make sure they don't they, have any abuses. They just voted against a bill, though, that would have uh, uh, audited the Ukraine funding right. well, this, this correct. past week. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, with like the, why, 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 why would why? you vote against that bill? Yep. There's only one reason not correct. to. You are, only if one you're reason. hiding the money for right. yourself or you got yeah. some friends that are getting kickbacks and everything else. And may, you know what? Sometimes black approaches are necessary. Like we, we certainly what we did at Afghanistan to stop the Russians was right up until the point that we fucked it up. I agree with Charlie Wilson wrote a, a great fucking white yep. paper on this about how all we had to do was fund some schools and some hospitals, and the Taliban never would have come to power there. He was absolutely right about that. But we never do that. We always take, we always get to the 80% solution and then fuck off somewhere else. I think a part of that, I don't know what your guys' thoughts or experience are on this, but we start to have mission creep to do another thing. So now we want to turn Afghanistan from what it always has been, at least for the last 30, 40 years plus, into this Western beacon of democracy. We wanted to do the same thing in Iraq, right? So you, you get these people who want a nation build, and they have no idea how the hell to build a nation. So that's when we started getting to it's ridiculous, silly things. What we yeah. got in Ukraine now, 70-plus billion dollars. We were accounting for about 10% of that. At least that was a couple months ago. The rest of the 90%, again, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations in the world, and we're not even tracking where that money's going. And, yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, that's because we don't want the answer. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, I agree. Yeah, um, I mean, because I, I don't know if the rumors are true that some of those weapons we left in Afghanistan are showing up in Palestine, but I wouldn't be surprised. They're getting them from somewhere. Yeah, right. 
Well, that, most of those went on into the bazaars in Kabul and then eventually into Pakistan. Mm. So th- that was, those would be pretty straightforward to track, so that stuff that's going out of uh, Pakistan. Well, they've got serial world. numbers on them. They used yeah. to be on uh, army property books. Yeah. And now they're in the hands of other people. Look, we could, you can punch that number into a fucking global property book for that division. And you can know exactly who that weapon belonged to. And the Taliban has actually already asked Tehran <laughs> if they could drive a lot of our old equipment through Iran into uh, the neighboring countries that eventually take on the, uh, the well, whoever it might be that they want to, but specifically mm. the, the, the Israelis. and uh, yeah, Which so, is awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, but with the weapon, weaponization of uh, the DOJ <laughs> and the FBI yep. against uh, Trump, for example, that's, yeah. that's going on now, um, if a candidate came in there and shut it all down, would it be bad for the country overnight? I don't think overnight. I think there would be it'd be a bumpy ride figuring out what the new normal looks like. And I think this idea of delegating to to more local, you know, certainly state authorities, that's going to come with pros and cons too. I mean, because corruption and shitty people exist everywhere, mm-hmm. so you're going to have that on a state level, and they're going to uh, abuse that power and authority. We already see that with cops and and sheriff's departments and all the rest of it. So you're still going to have humans involved. So you're still going to have shenanigans, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the question is, how how easy or difficult is it? to smoke those people out and, and bring them to account. It's kind of hard when there's some rando person in Washington, D.C. trying to hold them to <laughs> account. But when they live in your city or your county, it's a little bit easier to hold them to account. Not always, but it tends to be a little easier. So that's, that's why idea. we set up this system of government called federalism. Correct. The ninth and 10th Amendments of the Constitution, yes, specifically sir. to stop the beast from getting too large to control. That's the whole point, right? Amen. Like The Constitution isn't about enumerating the rights of the c- citizen. It is about delimiting the rights of the government right yeah that's the whole fucking point yeah yeah because i was watching uh there was a doc on last night that just started airing on netflix uh it's about john Gotti. Mm. Uh, i watched it oh i did too yeah it was good it was excellent and um uh, the oddest thing to me and i don't know if you had the same feeling was um uh the amount of trials he was under versus the government it felt like trump Mm. obviously without murdering and, and killing everybody but they were just hell-bent on just kind of dragging out these trials, looking for something eventually, hoping to get something, get this conviction. Everybody wanted to be the guy and the hero of it. And they all admitted it, by the way. Like yeah. the CIA, the FBI, everybody was just like, oh, yeah, we wanted to be the department that, that brought down uh, John Gotti. And then finally, once they all – because he had beaten like four trials. Yeah. Once they had all worked together on the last trial, they were able to finally get him and send him away for life. Yeah. It felt eerily similar to what is going on now without the murders and, and all that other shit. Yeah, for, for the last uh, arguably seven, eight years, we have lived in a mass hysteria in this country. There's been a Russian under every bed, every intimation of allegation against Trump or whomever. You know, it's, it's you know, domestic extremism or all the, the white folks. And it's just there's just a hysteria that has taken place. And this man and Mr. Trump, he has just lit the fire. And irrespective of whether you like him or not, it's pretty clear to me that he's just set off this crazy hysteria and panic where reasonable people aren't reasonable anymore. And they just say and do the dumbest things. But the scary stuff is what we're seeing now, what you guys were talking about, which is they're really targeting their political opponents. And we're now seeing that within the whistleblowers that are coming out within the IRS and the Department of Justice and the FBI. And they're saying, no, this is not some crazy conspiracy theory. This is actually happening. But nobody's reporting on it. Nothing's being done about it. And you have these... Well, you are. Right yeah, report. well, same here. But, you know, drink, <laughs> yeah, same no. with Drinking Bros and your show and everything else. <laughs> yeah, but right. It, it, it's true. We don't have, uh, as much as we would love to think so, and I'll look in the camera for this one. Yeah. We don't have the power to actually do anything here other than be podcasters. Yes. Right? 
Now, we can talk about it and try to inform people and say yeah. what we think is going on, but nothing is actually being done other than, Dan and I talk about this all the time, than some bullshit Senate hearing yeah. where they get up there, they say all the things, they admit all the wrongdoings, no slap on the wrist, no nothing, and then we move on to the next thing. Now, yeah. as this Israel-Palestine thing is going on, as the Ukraine-Russia thing is going on, these Trump trials have taken a back seat to all of this, including, you know, yeah. we have an election that is 12 months from tomorrow. It's November 1st. Yeah. 12 months from tomorrow, we're going to be voting for the president of the United States again. Trump is on trial in a million different places. He can't go out and campaign, all that other shit. Uh, the new numbers just came out about an hour ago from the South Carolina GOP primary poll, which a lot of them had Haley as number one. She's getting fucking destroyed in this. Like, So what do you do? And what does what, what the government end up doing about these fucking trials? Because right now, they're still going on. And we're 12 months away, and he can't do anything. Yeah. So here's uh, what I know, having spent time abroad in places where their countries are starting to fall apart. If you still have a modicum of law and order, if at least on a local level, if your voting structures are still decent, you do what you can control. Mm -hmm. And that is on local level, in your city councils, in your sheriff's departments, your county commissioners, all that. If you can control those, there is a lot of power, a lot of power locally. So if you can keep a hold of your, your uh, school boards and all that kind of stuff. So that's the first step. Do what is within your power to control on a local level, county level. Boom, do it. Now you start to change that on a little bit wider level, certainly in your, your state houses, your governorships. That's when you start to make change. In but my two cents. Here's where I'll push back on do that. Do it. Because uh, Dan and I know this firsthand. Local politics yeah. are dirtier than federal politics. And it's fucking weird, man. I mean, yeah. we've seen it in North Carolina. Mm. We've seen it firsthand <clears throat> here in Texas. Texas. Yeah. We've got some experience with it here in Texas uh, for another show, but uh, so, it, it's, I mean, I'm talking about, God, there's a show that I would love to do one day, but uh, I'm talking about a surveillance for a local election where people are hiding in vans looking for shit and leaking yeah. shit to the news and things yeah. like that. And uh, I know that it's going on. I've yeah. been asked about it yeah. um, and uh, it's worse than federal. So I don't. Know where to start. and Because yeah. even at local, let's say you take one of these jobs. I think you said county commissioner. Yeah. Let's start with county commissioner. Um, county commissioner, $60,000 a year job probably. Um, but the power that you wield at that position, knowing every single square inch of land, what's going to happen in your yeah. county, your district, everything else. And then what you're able to do with that information yep. and say, hey, guys, are you thinking about buying this piece of property over there? probably get that one down the street right. it doesn't flood it's gonna be worth more blah 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 right. blah, blah. and right. you're like right. holy shit okay yeah. that's a job that goes so far into the radar that most normal americans on a day-to-day -day basis don't think about so even that a job of of that small for a county is a big fucking job with a lot of power to it yeah and even those people get drunk off that fucking power yep. so that's the tough part, too. Turns out humans are assholes. Mm. <laughs> humans are dicks. Yeah, but I mean, do you, are you going to clean up the mess in this room, or are you going to go to the garbage dump and try to clean that up? You know what I mean? No, look, yeah. you're, 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 there is no finish line to creating a clean and good government. Uh -huh. it, it, it is an ongoing, eternal process that you have to have to degree of vigilance and engagement, and it would be so nice... If we were like, okay, we just cleaned up government, we're good now. No, then there's going to be the next human asshole who fucks something up, right? So that's why it's, it's a never-ending job. Every generation has to deal with it to different degrees and different ways. And it's just the, the challenge, would, if you don't have some absolute monarchy that is, you know, lays down the hammer, starts swacking people, which is kind of what they have in China right now, 
Well, then you got you to gotta work for the, uh, the good stuff, for the law and order and yeah, but I'm with you. I'm hearing you. It's very dispiriting, and that's your point. And I can and I can hear your voice and see in your face because you're like, I've just seen. It's the frustration yes. of it. And like yes. on this show in particular, Dan and I have had friends who run for shit come on this show. Yeah. They'll say all the right things and everything else. The camera will turn off, and then him and I will sit here and go, yeah, that's real. And uh, Dan's b- behind the scenes, and I hate, to yeah. him, I hate to give him too much credit, but uh, <laughs> he's right most of the time, and he goes, Eh, I think a guy's full of shit, and I think I don't. I don't think this is going to go the way you think it is. Yeah, I was like, all right. Well, I hope so because it, you know, it yeah. sounded it sounded great at the time. Yeah, I I can't name an instance when it was. Yep. Look, it's uh, it's one of those where you you trust but verify. Like you mm-hmm. you then you hold these people to account. And the way that you do that, having worked a little bit on Capitol Hill and also at the agency where I have to read people's emails, listen to phone calls, the way that you control these people is that you do it with money. So the, you and your friends on these small races, if you can collect 50 grand, 75 grand, 100 grand, and you walk up to the table and you want to hold people to account, you can say, look, you can do this the right way uh-huh. or you can do it the hard way and we're going to take our 100 grand or, and we're going to fuck you. So that's your power control. If you and a bunch of other people can effectively crowdsource <clears throat> that, that, that control, that is one way that... It is done. I've seen it done and, and done well so because we'll, now activist groups do that all the time on a local yeah. level. And that's how they've gotten these DAs in throughout this country who are in, involved in restorative justice, which is restoring nothing uh, other than chaos and anarchy, right? It's because you have these donors who are putting in, in these people on, on the local level that are completely changing our lives. But I'm still with you. It, it's, it's hard not to get dispirited. It what, is. what if we sold cocaine to one group of people? And then use the profits yes. from that to buy guns and sell that to another group of people. And then we use the profits from that to fund these campaigns. There is nothing wrong with that idea. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. It worked before. It did. It did work before. Yeah. Um, Until because, somebody said something. Yeah, yeah. they did. Because uh, <clears> one, one other thing that I want to I tell the audience here, because you called this. Whenever the, when was the fucking January 6th primetime bullshit going on? Remember that? Where they put it yeah. all in primetime? What was that? Eight months ago? Some, somewhere in the neighborhood? I think it was in February. Yeah. This year, yeah. Whenever it was. Um, we saw Adam Kinzinger up there, and uh, you had said, by the way, you called this, you go, motherfucker's jockeying for a job on CNN mm-hmm. right now. He just got hired to CNN as a correspondent and is magically promoting a new book. Yeah. Uh, that is, Bob, if you want to pull it up, he titled it Renegade, uh, and how he's just, he broded for Biden in the last did election. He, did he just go to a thesaurus and put Maverick in? I, I, and it came back as Taken. Yes, Maverick was Taken. <laughs> This, I'm, I'm not kidding. I think that's the name of it. Is it? Yeah, it is. He's is such it? a smarmy little cunt. I'm putting it up on, on screen here. Renegade defending democracy and liberty in our <clears throat> divided country. What that, the that, fuck? He thinks he's the new John McCain or some shit. I guess. I, I don't know. I, they have he's to, been on the show, yeah. and this was before all this fucking shit and everything else. Before so he it, transitioned, before he got his dick cut off. Yeah. yeah. I see. But he did, so, you know, everybody who has books has an excerpt, right? And they're like, oh, this is the controversial one. Yeah. So in this one, it was, uh, he voted for Biden in the last election and switched to Democrat because he just couldn't believe in Trump anymore. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Still, that's cute. Still Republican, yeah. apparently, cool. but not really. Sure. And, but that's going to get you the, the gig on CNN? Oh, yeah. 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 Here's what I know. Everybody that I hate is doing everything they can to stop Trump from being president. So I'm voting for him. Yeah. I don't give a shit what he says. <laughs> the end. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's a fair thing. 
Look, if, if you really get to the point where you no longer believe in the system. I don't. Then you start voting for bomb throwers. To yeah. Just, just to, it, it's an act of desperation. It's a feeling of, I don't know what else to do other than just create a brush fire and let's see what happens. And yeah. I get it. I get there. I, I get it. Because that was, I think that was with me in 2016. I think that's why him and I get along so well. I was like, we don't like politicians. But in 2016, when Trump ran, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's do it. Right. Yeah. And uh, we were already doing the podcast at that point. And the hats were really funny to me. The, the Make America yeah. Great Again. Loved them. And so if you go back in like all my old, old feeds to like 2015, like I was one of the first persons wearing them and it became a running bit. Right. And then show gets bigger. We end up getting invited to all this shit. And yeah. then I got to meet him and, yeah. and do all the other shit. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Eh, what's the worst that can happen? And then he got in and the country ran pretty good. So I was yeah. like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. Right. So I'm in again on this. Yep. But uh, before that, there was nobody that, that really got me bricked up about any of these guys. And that's dating back to Bush. Because I, I consider myself a Republican. Yeah. I was dating back to Bush. I never really cared about it. I don't know if I voted in those. Uh, obviously, didn't vote for Obama. Uh, yeah. McCain didn't really didn't do, do it for me. me. Yeah. Uh, I think Romney was maybe the last time I voted before that in, okay. in 012. Yeah. Just because I didn't like what I saw was happening under Obama. And I was like, well, this is fucked. Yeah. Um, but Romney was a turd. I mean, he was just a dead man in a suit at yes. that point. And, uh, and remains so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with everything that's going on here, are you worried about... Are your people with the CIA worried about election interference and all that other stuff that's happening now? I, the election interference thing is such a crock of shit. Okay. So let's just start with that yes, in terms of, of international you know, folks coming in and, and doing crazy things. So th- there have been propaganda efforts in this country by lots of people for decades. One of the biggest that actually most folks don't know about are the Brits when they tried to get the United States involved in World War II before we actually did. They had offices throughout this country. They pumped this nation full of propaganda. So it's not new, this idea of foreign countries trying to do stuff. What the Brits were unable to do is actually change anybody's minds. Because you can have all kinds of propaganda activity, Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't really do anything, all you have is activity. It's not actual outcomes. So that's what we're seeing with the Chinese. We're seeing with the Russians. Some of this stuff is just clownery. Um, with AI, it could get a little bit more aggressive because it actually sounds or looks like people are doing crazy things in some of the politicians. So they could potentially monkey with us more. But you really have to have faith that, um, that most people are so silly and stupid that they are going to fall for some of this propaganda stuff. I don't buy it. The, the agency has uh, tried to do it for decades. They do a terrible job of propaganda, believe it or not. Uh, they're, they're just, they're wildly ineffective. And I, so that's why I don't get excited about the propaganda thing, the foreign thing. It just, it doesn't, what is much more concerning to me as a guy who started just after nine 11 are tens of thousands of people every fucking day coming across the border, unvetted, uninvited, put aside the, the cultural assimilation piece mm-hmm. and the economic impact. Who in the hell are these people? And not just terrorists, although, yeah, we should talk about that. But, I mean, just your average criminal to, yes, something much more horrific. What we are just, we are inviting disaster. From a national security perspective, when I talk to my friends, they are much more concerned about that. They're concerned about what China is doing in places like the South China Sea. They're talking about the coordination that they might be having with Iran to create this problem in, in, uh, in this war in Israel. And then, of course, the coordination with the Russians and getting us bogged down in Ukraine, now stretching us out in three theaters war. Yeah. Like, they're much more concerned about that. There was some news today about the uh, China thing, by the way. Uh, Apparently on Chinese, you know, they have their own Google, their own own social networks and stuff like that. Is it Chugle? 
Uh, it is not. It'd be not. great uh, if it was Chugal, a Chinese <laughs> Google just called Chugal. But can, there, we, can we get that domain immediately? What about Chinoogle? Too many syllables, though. Too many syllables. What was on their Chugal? So the Chugal maps, actually. Oh, Chugal, Chugal maps. Israel not labeled. Yes, every I can other, see that. Every really? other country, so every other country on Earth is labeled Israel. Yeah, no, no name on that country. So does that does that go in? Serious question here, I, and it's not going to sound serious. Does that go into their school systems then too? Do they just rip it out? What you, I don't know. Kind of like the patches on the back of Tom Cruise's jacket where they took off yeah, yeah. Taiwan and all that shit. Like, do they just say, "Hey guys, this doesn't exist," and then who They're owns that land? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly the type of thing that wouldn't happen without the communist parties. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, so they will then dictate to schools like this is the permissible thought on this issue or on Israel. That Israel doesn't exist. It's actually Arab lands or Palestinian lands. So sure that and the Chinese are, are certainly the CCP, but culturally they've been encouraged to be wildly anti-Semitic. Uh, they, they do not like a lot of different people, but that that's uh, that's one group that they are not fond of. They don't that like was Jews. the other thing. That they was the other thing I read like today. Why is a up, uptick on anti-Semitism in, on their social? Yeah, exactly. Got it. Got it. Got it. Because they already hate black people. Correct. Um, and then they, they hate do. Jews too. They do. How about gays? Where were gays at for those guys? They, they're not a fan of the gays, all right. but they do like uh, white folks with blonde hair. Well, I'll be all right then for a while. Yeah, you know, want to die young features. Yeah. You know? You yeah. do baby face. Thank you. Like that. You're welcome. Thank you, cream. No, it's just, just I look 33. It's all natural. It's ah, it's God given. Nothing you. I can really do about ah. it. Uh, but with the China thing, it's interesting because um, you know with that with Iran. Yeah, if you were to able to to pump in money to Iran for this whole sitch that's going on here. <clears throat> You're stretching out America real goddamn thin, yeah. having to worry about that yeah, bullshit bigger, and uh, Ukraine and Russia. Aside from the border, the biggest fallout from Trump not winning re-election, and uh, you know, it's led to a three-front war now, basically. But the biggest fallout was the Abraham Accords falling apart, in my opinion. You can speak to that too. No, it's but very I, true. Just having Saudi Arabia on board with Israel, they were one of the. I remember three years ago, I did that map of the fucking Middle East surrounding Israel and all the richest countries. Mm -hmm. And Saudi Arabia was the last wealthy country that didn't have a peace deal with them. Bahrain did, fucking Jordan did, Kuwait did, Qatar did. Saudi Arabia is the last chip to fall there. And this, to me, all of this stuff is about not letting that relationship happen. It's 100% true, absolutely. Whether it's Iran that's running that op or China that's running that op or somebody else, who knows, but that's what it's about, in my opinion. No, I I fully agree with you. And I think that that, um, that's, the, the running assessment uh, based on some good intel within the community that um, the Iranians did not want that peace deal to happen because mm. there would be peace in the Middle East. The issue is they don't want Israel to exist because those lands are Arab lands in their minds. Mm. So Israel shouldn't exist. The Jews shouldn't be there. So if there's a peace deal, that means that Arabs accept that there is an Israeli Jewish state. They don't want that to happen. And they just blew up the, this last piece of the puzzle, you're, what you're talking about. The other thing on, on China that, that I think a lot of folks um, don't appreciate uh, but is really important, in, in March or, or April, we just signed a deal with the Philippines that increased our level of responsiveness should the Philippines be attacked by anybody else in the South China Sea, which is contested, to say the, the least. So if China, which they did about a week ago, takes on uh, some of the, the, the Philippine ships and, God forbid, sinks one, if the Philippines ask us to respond militarily, we have a treaty where we have to. It's kind of like a little mini NATO. Mm-hmm. So we've got the situation in Ukraine where we are balls deep in that deal. We've got the same thing in Israel now, obviously, where we are contributing artillery shells, the 155s in particular. We are so short on those because of Ukraine. And now we've got this, this ability or, or this demand, rather, 
in uh, with the Philippines that could draw us in. Say nothing of Taiwan, right? So we have three really smoking hot theaters right now, and that's bad, by the way, smoking hot in this case. Yeah, sure yeah. is. It sure is. But uh, any chance that a lot of this was on purpose, knowing that, I mean, it, with the media and, and how open Biden's been with what we're going to give them, and I mean, everything, everything is listed. It's like we gave them the, the grocery list of <laughs> yeah. what we're giving this country for their war. Yeah. Wouldn't this be the perfect time if you were China to be like, hey, Iran, go throw some money in this and then fuck them up. We don't, they don't even have enough shit. So if, if we wanted to, let's... Well, we've got 3,000 nukes. So, so the, the, uh, there's a lot of debate right now about some of the sort of medium to low confidence intelligence that would say what you're saying right now is true, and that is that Beijing, Tehran, and Moscow are coordinating their activities. Um, whether or not that's true, well, let's see what history shows us yeah. in the next number of months and, and years. But it's, it appears to be that even if they're not coordinating, they're certainly taking advantage of what the others are doing. Yeah, they don't necessarily need to be on the phone with each right. other to no, see what's happening and react to, to it. Your, yeah. To your point, I mean, imagine if, if thought experiment. You're sitting in Beijing, you are President Xi, and you're looking at the United States, your greatest nemesis, President Biden, is viewed by the vast majority of Americans based on polling as too old and corrupt. Mm-hmm. People believe that he's engaged in illegality or he's unethical. You know, the country is deeply divided. You know that it is in one deep war with a massive amount of debt. We have $33 trillion in growing record interest payments, so we are not in good shape economically or fiscally. Uh, and again, we are deeply divided. We've got this radical sort of leftist group that's basically teaching our young people to hate America. Polling shows that most young people do not like this country, or a shocking number of them. So we are... Uh, also stretched then in terms of our war material and the production lines. In some cases, we actually reliant on China to, to build our military, which is just fucking incredible in terms of – anyway. Uh, so the point is if you're sitting in Beijing and you see the United States in a relatively weak position and you know that our traditional partners in Europe are feckless, they don't have a military. What do they have? What do they have paper airplanes for their air forces? I mean, come on. You know, gonna, where their guns are like with their hands. Pew, pew, pew. I mean, what are yeah. they going to do? The Europeans could do nothing. So if you're China, you're looking at this moment in history and say, look, there's no probably great moment to take back Taiwan. But this is looking pretty juicy. Yeah. yeah. Brian, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. But we still have some sponsors to put this show on the air. You've got a podcast. You understand. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 50% off. 50% off. We're heading into the holiday season it's going to be November 1st tomorrow, all right? Got to start thinking about what you're going to get your loved one for Christmas. Is there a better big ticket item than a brand new bedroom set? I say no. But right now at GhostBed, you're getting offered the highest savings in the history of their company. 50% off over there. That is 50% off mattresses, sheets, pillows, adjustable bases, uh, weighted blankets, all the things are 50% off over there with the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. Plus, when you check out at uh, ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros, you're going to see a three year pay as you go program. No interest as long as you have decent credit over there. And if you check that box, the 50% off deal is good for three years. So you can stretch it out over three years. Doesn't matter how many items you put in the cart, 50% off. You can stretch it out over three years. Take advantage of it. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got expressvpn.com slash drinking bros. You ever get the feeling that someone's watching you? Like, 
I don't know, even when there's no one in the room, I get that feeling all the time. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, Ross, it's Halloween. You're being paranoid. This is actually real. Every single day, there's actually somebody watching your every move. The worst part is you're even paying them to spy on you. That someone is your internet service provider. You know, the company you pay for your internet. Every website you visited uh, late at night's. How much time you've spent on each. They're keeping tabs on you. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. I have for years. If you use the internet, which you all do, ExpressVPN is an app that you need to be using. Okay? In the, in the U.S., internet service providers are legally allowed to sell you uh, all your information. They're allowed to sell it to advertisers. All your shit. They're able to sell it to everyone. It's not just them. Your network admin, uh, whether that's at school, workplace, parents, whatever, you can see everything you click on. That could be kind of hard to explain, but with ExpressVPN, 100% of your traffic is rerouted through their encrypted servers so no one can see a thing. And my favorite part about ExpressVPN, it's literally easy to use, man. It's just so fucking simple. Like, I'm a dummy with this tech shit and I use it. You just open up the app, tap on the big button, and you're good to go. ExpressVPN works on all your devices, whether you browse the internet on your phone, tablet, computer. You can use up to five devices at the same time under one ExpressVPN subscription. So, stop letting people invade your privacy. Right now, get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash drinkingbros. That's expressvpn.com slash drinkingbros. Go to expressvpn.com slash drinking bros to learn more. Next up, we got firstform.com slash drinking bros. Talking about those micro factors, dog. Let's face it. We all don't work out every day or eat the things we need uh, to keep our bodies healthy. Got to get these micro factors, okay? It's more than just a multivitamin. It's uh, it's just a way of life, dude. It's to keep you healthy. Any adult man over the age of 25 needs to be taking uh, some vitamins here. These come with all the importante ones in them. They got the antioxidants, the CoQ10s, the multivitamins, the fruits and veggies, the probiotics, the EFAs. Everything you need to get your engines going every single day and for the for the best part of it is that shit, man. Uh, as soon as I know my pee is bright yellow, it's like, all right, cool, man. I'm healthy for the day at least, and that helps. Um, the other thing, too, that I love about them is I used to buy these things in, like, different jars, and they were lined up, and I was like, all right, cool. How do I pair these out? Or I run out of one, not the other, blah, blah, blah. Simple. It separates it for you in one tiny little plastic pouch. Uh, it's got a little cardboard door on it and box that just sits right next to my desk, and it's like, hey, Ross. Congratulations, take your fucking vitamins, dummy. And I do. I take the vitamins every single day. Also, while you're on their site, just peruse their energy drinks. I'm going to spotlight those today. Gigantic fan of those. We have them in the office. We're all drinking first form energy drinks. They're always sold out at my Gold's Gym. Best energy drinks in the biz, in my opinion. Uh, huge fan of First Form over there. Go to firstform.com slash drinking bros where you're going to get free shipping off of orders over $75. Again, that is free shipping off of orders over $75 at firstform.com slash drinking bros. Last but not least, we've got buyraycon.com slash drinking bros. 
you're going to get woo, anything from 20 to 50% off store. Why? I love these holiday deals, dude. Once they start rolling in, dude, daddy starts buying more. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and the packed calendars make uh, shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals Uh, of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before. All right, I love these. These are the products I wear on the fucking show every goddamn day. Wear the white ones on uh, Drinker Bros. I wear the black ones on Ross Patterson Revolution. Uh, And that's just to throw people off, all right, and kind of sex myself up. These are the best in the biz. I write to these. I work out to these. Um, If you've got huge ear holes like mine, and that's a weird thing to have, but it's true. There's going to be people out there who understand. They're like, yeah, dude, I know. Uh, They got these gel tips in different sizes, so they'll always fit. It's not like those shitty iPhone ones, man. I hate those goddamn earphones. I hate all of Apple's products, to be honest with you. And the beauty of of Raycons is they're cheap. Um, Dude, these are under $100, man. They're not cheap made. They're just cheap for your wallet. They're under $100, most of these fucking things, and they're incredible, dude. Um, they're five-star reviewed. Magic 180 cable allows you to charge for iOS, micro USB, uh, Type-C devices, eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery over there, and they got a 32-hour battery life, which is great. These things will last forever. Uh, huge fan of these guys, so get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early out there because Raycon's currently offering 20% off everything on their sites with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save right now. You don't want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday special. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash drinking bros to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That is buyraycon.com slash drinking bros to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash drinking bros today. Yeah, but I don't think it's, I I think they're content to be a regional hegemon. I don't think that they're going to push into Europe or, or certainly they're not coming here, I don't think, because what would be the benefit of that? You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to, beat an army it's another thing to occupy a territory we've learned that lesson the hard way the last 20 years I, the, the, and, and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm tracking what you're saying the only thing that i think that i have seen in my years abroad and doing this and in china target in particular is they are like a, a, a locust for resources so they are going through southeast uh, asia they're going into africa mm-hmm. and they oh, yeah. are, are buying those countries through debt and through corruption and they are they're coming to own those places through sort of a neo-colonialism right mm-hmm. now What's well, a digital so, colonialism really is what yeah. it is, right? So look, I, I could see them. Uh, it's it's not going to look like it probably has in the past, but they are very smart. They are very mm-hmm. patient, and they're going to take over. Latin America is another one that doesn't get a lot of, of uh, you know notice, notice that they're taking over all kinds of countries down there through their debt, right, and right. owning those countries. So anyway, this is a hilarious episode, by the way. This is a, co- a comedy podcast, right? No. I, so you I'm, know what, you I'm, know I'm bringing funny. it down. You know I'm what's funny about this is it, it, we go back and forth here, right? Yeah. Um, because we're on daily. People want to know what's going on uh, in the news every day yeah. with some comedic spin yeah. to it. 
Um, obviously, we were, we were super racist at the top of the show, but uh, it, I, I think now we're mixing it up. It's when you, whenever you do a daily show like this, it's it's what is uh, on people's minds and what are they genuinely thinking about every yeah. single day. And if you don't connect with them on that level, then you're fucked. So yeah. I don't, Dan and I don't give a shit whether it's Amazing. comedy one day or, or seriousness another. It doesn't really matter. We have a guest as interesting as you are. You want to know what's going on from people who are in it uh, and actually have the information on it. Yeah. So I'll take another one here. Yeah, far well, away. Wait, well, before, before we move yeah. on to the next topic, I really do think uh, digital colonialism is where it's headed. They, what, what are their, like, you, whenever you're doing any kind of, especially an information operation, but when you're doing any kind of op like this, you have benchmarks, right? That you, like, we hit this benchmark, now we're going to move on to phase, whatever the fuck. One of them has got to be to pull the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency, right? That's got to be the big one. Because so, that, that way we can't buy our way out of debt at that point. You know what I mean? Now they have us in basically check. Not check me, but we're a check at that point. So there's two issues on this. In fact, I covered this on the podcast. We did a deep dive into understanding what the hell this currency thing is. Because it can get super confusing. Very few of us are finance experts. But the bottom line is if you and I did a deal, we can do it in anything. Like we could do it in potato chips. Like mm. that's a transactional currency. <laughs> It's this other deal of, of the reserve currency. If I've got all those potato chips, okay, what, how do I invest whatever currency it might be? Well, the U.S. dollar is what most people use for their national reserves. And so they'll park their money in the United States. They'll use their money to buy assets here. Uh, so it's a very important thing that we use not only U.S. dollars as a global transaction currency, but then everybody is like, where do I park this money? Let's go to the United States because there are already dollars. I don't have to lose money when I you know, transfer it into another uh, currency. So that... There is no other competitor right now to replace the U.S. dollar in terms of reserve currency. So that's good news. Mm -hmm. uh, the only possible competitor would be China, and it's, that is going to be years and years. They're buying a ton of gold right now, and they're buying that gold <laughs> to try to build up a reserve such that if they did go to war with the United States, they could sell bonds, mm. and people would believe that they have value yeah. because they're backed by all this. I mean, this that's gold. how we paid for World War II is by selling bonds, and we— what what American do you know is going to buy a fucking U.S. Treasury at this point? So now, yeah, it, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, and so, it's like Wu Tang says, you got to diversify your bonds. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. God, and we also don't have a sovereign wealth fund like a lot of countries do. So Saudi Arabia, the reason I think that they're keen to play ball with us, even though they want to save face in the Arab world, but the reason they're still involved in this Abraham Accord negotiation is because they have something like eight or nine hundred billion dollars invested in the u.s economy through their sovereign wealth fund yeah. and they're not pulling it out no they, no they would lose all of it essentially if they did that uh china's got a lot invested here too though right so i don't, I don't know if they're angling towards our economic collapse but they do want control of us right well look there's um a very clear indication that if they do go to war with us they will do a couple of things one they were just going to write off their investments in the united states mm. second they've already been reducing the amount of debt that they hold of ours. So they're reducing their risk. And third, they will nationalize all of the U.S. companies in China, which is worth a tremendous amount of money. So like uh, they, Tesla, they, Google, Yeah, yeah. So, so all these assholes in corporate America yeah. who are investing in China, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to shed a single tear if something should go south and all, they lose all their investments. Like, you, you knew the gamble, mm -hmm. right? You were trying to take advantage of the cheap labor. You probably paid up, up, off a bunch of Chinese uh, Communist Party officials, it was a good deal for you for 20-plus yep. years since late 90s when we allowed China in the WTO. Well, you, you made a bunch of money for a long time, and then you got fucked. Yeah. Don't care. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun at Panda Express. Yeah. yeah. Um, the disinformation that's in this country right now is at a record high, especially with AI and everything else that we've seen. 
When I read stories like today, so the FBI director uh, said that anti-Semitism is reaching historic level in the United States. Is any of that real or is it just because of what's going on and they want you to fight for the other side? Because reading articles these days and deciphering where they're from, if they're true, what they mean has become a whole different ballgame than it was 10, 15 years ago. So let's start with something that's not anti-Semitism, but let's, let's use it as an example. So one of the things that we've heard of over the past six, nine months is that uh, white supremacy and white nationalism is the most profound domestic terror threat. We've heard that from Biden, the Department of Justice, and the FBI. Well, Rand Corporation, which is a, uh, it's a U.S. government-funded think tank, uh, they did some research and they looked at just the U.S. military's um, influence of, of, of white nationalism, black nationalism, different sort of groups that would cause uh, domestic unrest. Right? What they found was that uh, about 5% of black veterans would identify as black nationalists. 0.9% of white uh, uh, service members identified as uh, white nationalists or white supremacists. So you could say that a couple of different ways, uh, but one of the ways you could say it's, it's five times greater in terms of the black nationalist threat than the white nationalist threat. Again, this is from Rand Corporation. And there so was, there's is, good people on both sides. Look at Like yes, Trump said, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But the point is, if we're looking at this just from a data perspective, right, why isn't the conversation from the White House or the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the Pentagon saying, hey, it's all bad, irrespective of your race, and you want to create your racial country, that's not what we do here. We're, we're a different kind of country. But the numbers tell us that from a percentage perspective, we got more of a problem here, but that's not what we're doing. We're doing something different. So the question then is, why? Why are we doing this? So we get to this issue of anti-Semitism. Are we seeing an increase? Yeah, I think we have all anecdotally been seeing that for quite a while. Some of the data coming out uh, from polling shows that folks who are under the age of 25 in particular are very much either uh, pro-Hamas or they are anti-American, one of the two. So Mr. Biden has this very tough challenge politically. He's got to get reelected with his traditional Democrat base, which includes Jewish voters, Mm -hmm. with another group of people who are like Black Lives Matter in Chicago that put out the meme or the, the picture, the, the paraglider from Hamas, saying, you know, this is a great thing that, that uh, Hamas is killing all these Jews. So th- this is a part of these radical leftist organizations. We know that. That is not debated. So, but he needs them. Biden needs those voters. There was an incredible poll about 10 days ago that showed 60, 60 percent of Muslim Americans believe that Hamas was justified in doing what they did in Israel. Well, if that's true, then Biden needs those guys, especially in places like Michigan and Pennsylvania. So I think that what the White House is doing right now is they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, politically, because they want him to win next year. And so they're trying to satisfy this base of traditionally Democrat Jewish voters with Arab voters who don't like the other. And so he's he's putting out words from both sides of his mouth to try to satiate both sides. (laughs) And just to give you one more anecdote on that, Biden was backtracking with some of the, the more pro-Israel statements that he had made. And he was asking a lot of Arab groups to come in. This is reported by the Washington Post and Politico. And a lot of these Arab organizations said, we will come to the White House and, and we can have this kumbaya session. But you got to admit, and you got to admit to the American people and tell the American people that the Hamas Ministry of Health, their death toll numbers, those are accurate. Mr. Biden had previously said that wasn't true that the eight 9,000 people that had died in the Gaza Strip, that that, that number was not accurate. Well, these Arab groups said, we'll come to the White House only if you say it, it is. Only if you say what Hamas is saying is correct. Well, holy shit. Yeah. Right? So is anti-Semitism on the rise in this country? I, I think anecdotally we could all say that is true. I think some of the polling would suggest. But there is undoubtedly a political angle here, just like we were trying to satiate 
uh, you know, Black Lives Matter a couple of years ago, and that turned out to be a massive fraud, right? We're trying to do the same thing with a lot of Arab Americans where, hey, let's celebrate 40% of Arab Americans and Muslim Americans think that Hamas was bad. Good. Awesome. But we also have 60% who think that Hamas is good. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's a problem, especially places like Michigan where Biden needs to win it. So he's, he, he's got this political tension that he's trying to take care of. Might be time for another Alien and Sedition Act. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, we, we didn't do this with the IRA back in the day. And it didn't, it didn't necessarily become a big problem domestically. But most of the funding for the IRA came from the United States, right? Um, for all these attacks that were happening on the British Parliament. And British civilians even, right? Um, UK civilians, I guess, if you want to include the rest of Ireland. But <clears throat> I don't know. If somebody is openly declaring themselves in favor of a terrorist group, I think maybe... Like, if somebody was like, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Al-Qaeda, and if I can help them, I will. That's b- providing material support to the enemy. That's a crime, right, in a time of war. But right now, you have a lot of people who are on the left saying that we have to contextualize. We have to, that's the word they're using, contextualize the attacks on uh, October 7th. We have to understand them and appreciate them. And uh, so if, if that's the argument that's being accepted by a lot of folks uh, on the left, then, well, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to pass something because now the political party needs oh those yeah people we're not going to pass anything i'm just yeah, saying yeah, but yeah I'm, I'm tracking i'm with you it's it's uh i think that's it's we're tiptoeing now mm. on this line of what free speech really is yeah. i think you know yeah um like if somebody wants to be pro-palestine good for them uh, I, i'll i'm more than willing to help you get a ticket there if you'd like G- gays it's, in gaza well Gays for Gaza is a nice one. Queers for Palestine. Yeah, I think think that'd be good. And then I heard uh, hotels are pretty cheap Mm. over there right now. Mm. So if you're looking... A little bit of fixer-uppers. Yeah, Yeah. if you're looking for a getaway. um, (laughs) Want to get away? Yeah. You can uh, can have there pretty quick. What do you think about this spreading to a larger regional conflict? Um, I think Saudi Arabia is probably going to put the kibosh on that, to be honest. But there is some threat of it. Look, if... So I, I will tell you, I've, I've worked with um, Arab government officials. I've worked with, you know, man on the street in, in, in uh, Arab countries. And here's what they will say behind the scenes, almost to a person. They do not like the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the history of the region, you understand why. They kicked why. them all out. Every That's country there kicked them out, yeah. except for Jordan. Well, well, Jordan, I mean, they... they, they oh, put, in Lebanon, but they don't have any rights in Lebanon. Right. Yeah. So, the, but <laughs> the point is that the Palestinians, wherever they would go, they would yeah. cause, they would try to kill a king or they would mm-hmm. try to kill people and, and create... Anyway, it's been a mess in that region for decades, and the Palestinians are poorly regarded by most Arabs. And that is certainly the case with Arab diplomats. They call them... They have called them, to me, the most <laughs> terrible names that you can imagine. So they think that they are just kind of the hillbillies of... The, the Arab people, but they are using the Palestinian cause to try to get rid of Israel because this goes back to 1937 and 47 when British, uh, you know, controlled the region. And then the UN said, Hey, let's try to figure out a way to, yeah. for the Jews to have their own, their homeland. And then they created the state. Well, it, that has always been a disaster for Arabs in their minds. And they want to do whatever it takes to include acts of terror mm. or what have you to remove the Israeli state. Well, so, so the British promised all these Arab states that weren't states yet, if you fight with us and help us take down the Ottoman Empire, we'll, you'll, we'll give you your territories and we'll fuck off and leave. But they, and they did that for every place except for Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. This is World War I. Mm-hmm. Except for Palestine. They kept that one until after World War II and then they split it you know, in, an, uh, in a kind of an odd way. So the, the bottom line is, you know, from an Arab perspective, do you believe that Israel should exist? If the answer is no, mm-hmm. 
then no amount of diplomacy, no amount of engagement, no amount of conversation will ever solve this problem, ever. There will always be a Hezbollah or Islamic Jihad or Hamas or whatever. Uh, it will never get solved. But if Arabs, uh, which is what, what we get to this Abraham Accord piece, mm-hmm. more Arab countries were like, all right, you know, we're tired of like fighting and we can probably do some deals. Yeah. Let's just fucking move on. But that leaves Iran and its three primary surrogates, Yemen, Syria, and Lebanon, right. to deal with at that point. But then, you know, it's, it's Israel and, and Saudi Arabia dealing with them and not us, but which is the appropriate know, way to do it. These governments all know that the man on the street, they do not favor the, a formal recognition of Israel because it means they lost. Mm. And forever. Yeah. And they, 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 most Arabs just when, don't want that. When you happening. say they lost... Uh, who do, what, what is they? The Arab world. Yeah. Yes. But so that's what I'm interested in because uh, is it Arab or Muslim? I, I'm just wondering if we're conflating the two because like Iranians aren't Arabs. So no, it, they're, it, they're Persian. You're right. Yeah. It, it's 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 a great question, right? So uh, you have Shia and Sunni Muslims, kind of roughly speaking, our equivalent of Catholics and Protestants. Uh, but universally, uh, they believe that the Holy Lands in Jerusalem, in particular, are very important for them, irrespective of kind of be like if. Well, what if ever for Christians, uh, let's say that, I don't know, Rome... No, I mean, as a, as a Catholic, I would support a Presbyterian crusade into, okay. into Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Now, 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 we're, now we're just resetting the world history about yeah, a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, go yeah, out. Yeah. Okay, all right. But why well, not at this point? I mean, that's what we're trying to do anyway, so fuck it. Uh, you know. It's just game on. Let's yeah. just see what we can do again. Yeah, yeah. see who can win. All right, is see that the solution? I don't know. Ah, I don't know. Man. So, but to your question, it's, it's fair. Uh, so Arab countries plus the Persians who are very much, they would consider themselves not Arab. They're very distinct. Plus the Turks, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they, because Turkey the has... Turk, the Turks were really complicated. When they came out yeah. from under the Ottoman Empire, they wrote a new constitution. They were the only Middle Eastern country to have a constitution. And it said specifically that we are not a theocracy right? yeah. in their constitution. And now Erdogan's butt-fucked that mm, back yes. in the Stone Age. The, 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 the current president, Mr. Erdogan, he is an Islamist. So, uh, I, I, But the bottom line is, when we say they, I think it's fair to say that the they are Muslims <laughs> who believe that those lands are Muslim lands. And whether those are a percentage of whatever ethnic group or if it's Arabs versus Persians or, you know, the, the fights between the Shi and the Sunnis and all that. So long as uh, a Muslim or Muslim nation or Muslim group controls Jerusalem and some of the most holy sites in Islam, then they'll figure it out, right? I mean, it's kind of like when people go to Hajj every year to Saudi Arabia. Some of those, you know, folks are, you know, they, they create a space for everybody. Mm. But there's a wedge, a natural historic wedge between the Persians and the Arabs oh, amen. that we can exploit. Yes. Like the Persians and the Ottomans were arch enemies. Yes. They hated each other. Yeah. Fought for fucking thousand years mm-hmm. or whatever. So there's, there's a way to fucking, and we're doing it. That's what, say what you want about Jared Kushner and his creepy ass face and all the money he made from his deals in <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Is it filler? Do we know? I don't, I don't know. think his face is that creepy. No. I think it's the voice. I think it's the yeah. voice. It's, it's all, it's the whole thing for me, but say what you want about right. him. But Trump deploying him to the Mideast to make these deals is the smartest thing, foreign policy-wise, the United States has done mm-hmm. in 100 fucking years. And it worked for yeah. some reason. But what so, do you mean for some reason? It's money. Yeah. Those, that, those countries don't want to fucking deal with the shit that we're dealing with in America. Bad economies, crime, shitheads. They just want to fucking make money and, and be left alone I, like everybody I, I else. I say for some reason because who would have guessed <laughs> that it's Jared fucking Kushner that was the one to do it, right? Out of all these years, you send over a guy that none of us really know about. Um, he's married to one of the hottest women in America. True. And I have no idea 
why it was him or why he what was able to, to this is how, pull that this shit is, off. This is how aristocracies have made deals for a thousand years. But he's right? gimpy. Have you, you heard his voice? He's yeah, gimpy. Yeah. But you he's send. Like, he's kind of gimpy. You have your hot fucking daughter marry somebody that's super smart, and you send the two of them out on the road to fucking make deals with foreign countries. It's either that or you marry your daughter off to a, another country, but we don't do that anymore. Right. right? What right. if you marry your daughter? He wanted to. He okay. wanted, well. I'm, he said she was I, hot. We all did. In real so life. So did that dude at the fucking God, UCF dude. game, too. Yeah. His daughter was a Oh, cheerleader. bro. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> another daughter. show, but yeah. it was fun. But yeah, in real life, Ivanka plays. Mm. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. We all tried. Yeah. We all tried back in the day. But yeah. I do, I think Saudi Arabia, we're seeing it too. The, all this sports washing stuff yeah. they're doing, yeah. they want to enter modernity. The, this is the difference between Christianity and Islam. Christianity decided some time ago, like, all right, we're going to ignore some of these fucked up parts in the Bible and just live like normal human beings, right? And mm-hmm. there were a lot of really important things that happened along the way. The Magna Carta, uh, the French Revolution, shit like this that happened. Lutheran uh, Revolution, shit like that that happened. Mm-hmm. It kind of brought uh, that side of the house into modernity. The Arab world hasn't had that yet for whatever reason. I don't know why, right? It just hasn't happened yet. But it's starting to happen in Bahrain and fucking Kuwait and Qatar and UAE. Yeah. Saudi Arabia's finally started. The biggest one in the region now is finally starting to come around. Mm-hmm. Things are, they say that things are always like darkest before the dawn. Mm. I think we are getting close to a potential peace here. Uh, but once that happens, once Saudi Arabia declares, we are going to have a big fucking war in that area. If the Saudis go all in on this, yeah. We're going to have... It, like, it's on. We'll have to take but, Iran down totally. Yes, but we'll which, which side are the Saudis going to come in on? They're, they're not going to go on the side of the jihadists, I don't think, because there's no money to be made there. I, I think so, too. I think for them, mm. it's all about money. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's about and I, legacy, but the money buys that legacy. It, it right. Keeps, and I think it it's keeps, our best bet. It keeps the house of Saud in power forever. Mm-hmm. That's the, what it does. The issue that, that the royal family has to deal with and has for decades now is this Wahhabi movement, yeah. right? The, the Salafist movement that has had them by the balls. Basically, they, they made an agreement with these very radical uh, Islamic folks. Look, you, you can stay in power and do all kinds of crazy things uh, so long as you are, you know, we ultimately decide how the culture mm-hmm. will be. So if, if, the, if those, uh, the Saudis go too far, you know, the fear has long been uh, within the royal family that they will go too far and these you know, Wahhibis will foment some sort of civil war, revolution, or problems anyway. So they, they've tried to be very, very careful. And the new guy, um, MBS, is known by his initials. He's trying mm. to bring modernity about yep. without pissing off the Salafists or the Wahhibis. Yeah. So, but it's a it's a multi generational thing, probably right. Like those these guys yeah. that they put in power back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties that are still control. They control the the education system in the country. For example, eighty percent of the schools, the primary education facilities in Saudi Arabia, are what we call madrasas. Mm-hmm. It's death to America. It's just mm-hmm. so 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 fucking whatever Wahhabist Islam nonsense. So you know, maybe to be honest, if I'm MBS, I fucking round them up and kill every goddamn one of them. Every fucking one of them in public too, yeah. And then let the world complain for a couple of days, and then move on with your life. But you can't; th- those people are cancer. You don't fucking negotiate with cancer. Uh, and then, for your side, being in the CIA, have you guys ever had these discussions? Sure. Yeah, about how to d- to solve these big geopolitical questions. Well, I mean, but, or, but what Dan is saying there. Uh, well, have I mean, you have you ever said to yourself, you know, what would be great? As if these motherfuckers did this and we were able to just sit back and watch. And then, yeah, in a couple of days, it'll blow over. How many beers 
would I have consumed before I'm that honest? I, how does that work with you guys? <laughs> but how does that work? Like, yeah. So look, I, I, there are two things. One, from a policy perspective, what you, he was just mentioning, that's, that's really a policy to be able to communicate to the, the, the Saudis or whatever government. Look, take like, care of this like we'll problem. We'll give you cover on our end. Mm-hmm. To some degree, we can't obviously support what you did, but we'll give right. you some cover. Yes. So do this. Because we, we can fucking, we're us, Russia, China, we can vote down anything at the Security Council. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So X country, whatever it is, do this horrible, awful thing where terrible things will happen. We are going to protest in public, and then we're going to we're going to ride this Look out the other way, right? Yeah. So that, but that's a policy decision. So the White House has to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Then they tell the agency go execute whatever port it is, and usually what that is at that level, if it's going to be something that intense, the CIA director gets on a special plane and flies somewhere, delivers the message. That shit is not written down. Mm-hmm. That is not that mm-hmm. is not communicated anywhere other than in a very secure location. Then here's the plan. Do what you're gonna do. He hops up back in the in the plane and flies home. Middle of the desert, tarmac type shit. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing around. Nobody can hear us. Sure. And okay. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, you were an interesting individual, man. And uh, anytime right. you're in town, please come back. Right on. Uh, tell everybody your podcast. It's called The Right Report, like the Wright Brothers, my last name. So W-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, five days a week, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern is when I uh, talk about news in America, around the world. Mm-hmm. I try really hard to help explain why we give a shit about this, a lot of things uh, from the countries like Vanuatu. Like, where is that? A, B, why do we care? So that's what I really focus on is trying to explain these crazy mm-hmm. things that are happening <clears throat> all around the world and put these pieces together, kind of like a, a, you really do with the CIA. So you put the pieces together, you share that news with people from around the world, and then I also cover stuff domestically as well. A lot of um, uh, you know, polling data about politics or stuff like the Ogallala Aquifer, like where is that and why do we care about it? It's the Midwest, that's how we feed ourselves with this aquifer, which is being depleted. So I cover all kinds of great stuff with this idea of how do I brief the, the American people as the CIA might the president each day. So that's the focus that I do five days a week, and I uh, have a lot of fun doing it. Why are, awesome. why are we so in, heavily involved in Ukraine? Is it really just, do we, do we still have so many fucking Cold War brainwashed diplomats in power that they really see? Because we've seen how Russia fights. They are not a geo, geopolitical threat to us. They're just not. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I've said this since before this war started because we talked about it during the, the come up. It's like Russia has plenty of nukes, but they know if they use them, they're getting nuked. Right. Yeah. So, I, right. I mean, mad, mad is still in effect there. They don't have any military capability to do anything to us except mm-hmm. for cause regional disturbance. So we're the fucking we're inside of our castle, inside of our castle walls, and they're basically throwing rocks at the front door, and we're coming outside to meet them. That's fucking stupid, in my opinion. So we actually know that Russia is not viewed as a threat by the Europeans. We know this, yeah, because they, it, yeah, yeah. We, 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 I mean, it, it's it's proven, and we know that because of this. Back in August. The uh, German government rolled back its promises to increase its military spending. Rolled those promises back. Yeah. Okay. It, like a year after, and they've Russia never they've Ukraine. never met their NATO requirement. That's right. Of GDP spending. So you can't tell me if you're a German that you're real worried about the Russians if you're spending less than you promised after that country just invaded. If they really felt like the the, the Russians were going to start marching all the way to Paris. Those sons of bitches would be investing in their military like there was no other priority because there wouldn't be any other priority. They would view it as existential. Mm-hmm. They don't. And so what the Germans did in August is they rolled back their military spending. And you know what they're using the money on now? Welfare payments. No shit. They're paying their citizens more what they call the people's money. They're increasing those percentages. So they're taking their military money, spending it more on domestic spending. Well, guess what? You can certainly do that if you're Germany. It's your country. You can choose what to do with your money, and that's fine. But don't expect 
the United States to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to protect your ass when you can't even issue some debt to build up your military infrastructure because you want Americans to die in your backyard to defend. Go fuck yourself. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't I agree with you. I don't think uh, that the, the Russian threat is nearly what m- many people claim. And I think it's yeah. pretty self-evident. Actually, the, Aside from just the military industrial complex profits that are being made from that, because um, 75 or so percent of the money we send to Ukraine just goes to D.C., right? Or Colorado, right. or, or or Seattle, I guess as well, or Texas. But um, I do. I wonder if anybody's done any kind of deep dive on who controls the grain shipments in and out of Ukraine, because mm. they produce about twelve percent of the world's wheat and most of Africa's wheat. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of it goes mostly the, the Africa pieces, um, Egypt mm. uh, and China. Uh, those are the two big buyers. Okay. Uh, have been historically. Uh, there's some that goes to other places, but mm. the hilarious thing is. Did you know most of the wheat now uh, that's coming out of Ukraine is actually going to Europe? It's not this whole justification about the war. The fear was, oh my God, the the, the poor people in Africa and Asia yeah. they're not going to get any food and they're all going to die and it's very sad. And like, well, okay, well let's open up the let's fight for the wheat to get to Africa and save the, the babies. Yeah. Well, so they opened it up. Where's all that fucking wheat going? Belgium, France, the Netherlands. Uh, Cheap turkeys, by the way, they're they're getting it at about sixty cents on the dollar. The, the white places, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, but they're it, not yeah. they're not not just, surprised. They're not just getting the weed that was intended for Africa. They're getting it at a, a very nice discount, and that's pissing off European farmers because they're like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, you know, now you're taking our market share. And by the way, you, historically, there's always been big tariffs on Ukrainian wheat because of the Chernobyl disaster. Mm. There's been concerns about contamination. So that stuff has been shipped to the brown people. Oh, that's nice. But anyway, yeah. so now it's being shipped. Uh, for whatever reason, they've decided it's safe, and now it's going to Europe. But anyway, the, the whole Euro- the Ukraine thing is just, uh, it's such an unbelievable scam in my view. There was a, an incredible piece out of Time magazine that they just interviewed Zelensky when he went back mm. after his latest trip. I don't know if you all saw this. Uh, but he basically, his advisors were now on the record, and they, in fact, they at one point had him shut off, the interviewer uh, shut off his recorder. They're like, oh, corruption's worse than ever. Mm-hmm. it's worse than y- y'all are sending so much fucking money we're, we're just like keep taking stuff off the back of the trucks yeah why not and it's like well no no, no shit of yeah. course they are it's one of the most corrupt nations and has been for decades what we thought we were just going to you know fly in with with our you know constitutional love of whatever and, and law and order and somehow that would be we could just sprinkle that on the ukrainians just like we thought we could sprinkle on modernity in afghanistan and iraq Come on, go fuck yourself. So we have the same people in the Pentagon and the White House and the National Security Council who fucked us up in Iraq and Afghanistan. They're the same dudes yeah. doing this in Ukraine. Yeah, I don't want to hear from them anymore that somebody doesn't have foreign policy experience because yours is bad. You failed miserably. Yeah, I'd rather have countries. no experience than that experience. It's, it's So th- this, this is why when the war first started kicking off in uh, you know March and, and April of uh, you know a couple years ago now, uh, I was super opposed because i'm like wait a minute you're going to war because we will eventually because we're already starting to put clandestine boots on the ground so we've got a lot of uh, intel officers over there we've got a little bit of uh, special forces guys and uh, doing some work there uh it's the same fucking leadership that got us into these disasters and we're signing up for another war after we just got out of one in afghanistan it was a disaster It's so frustrating to watch our leadership do this again. So why are we there? I suspect more corruption, not only, you know, or maybe we're scratching the backs of our military industrial complex, which is your point. Mm. We're also feeding billions of dollars to pay for the pensions and the salaries of Ukrainian government workers. So, you know, who amongst those have, you know, ever benefited Republican or Democrat sons like Hunter Biden's? He's not the only guy. 
No. There, there are other no. assholes yeah, back there in the D.C. There's a bunch of people. So how much of that is scratched in the back a little bit? I, you can't tell me it's none. So it, this war in Ukraine is just a mess. Agreed. Uh, now is the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Mm. Who'd you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Wild Bill Donovan. Well, he's a badass son of a bitch, mm-hmm. wasn't he? No. Uh, oh, man. Uh, a guy named Earl Trigstead. He was my high school government teacher. First day that he sat down with us. This old crusty son of a bitch. He was awesome. Uh, it was in um, Korea. And he wrote on the chalkboard, he said, eternal vigilance. And then he turned around to us and he said, I want you, you all are going to forget me, but remember these words, because this is what will save you as your families. This is what will save your country. And this will save your world if you are eternally vigilant, because things will go south. But if you are vigilant eternally, then you'll still save yourself. So Earl Tricks did. Okay. Yeah. Teachers have uh, odd motivations sometimes, you know. My, I remember my eighth grade biology teacher just said, Ross, what are you going to do? Talk about dicks and balls all day? And you think they're magically going to pay you for it? He said it to the entire class, by the way. And I said, I hope. Yeah. It would be great. That's and it amazing. turns out, uh, well, it was true. So he can go fuck himself. But your teacher sounds awesome. <laughs> sounds awesome. And I'm proud of you and everything you've done today. Uh, this is a fun show. Enjoyed it. A lot. Awesome. So good. You're a great guest, oh, dude. You had a great man. podcast. Uh, check it out. I'm assuming it's available everywhere. It Spotify, is. iTunes. Right Report's there. There you go. The Right Report, everyone. Once you're done listening to Drinking Bros, flip on that, Do obviously. It. But Because uh, we're vain and, and we need and, but it. But you're beautiful, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's, go by looks. Go by looks first and then Wait, what does that mean about me? Information second. You have a cloth wow. that can cover my face? Something, dude. You're a case yeah. officer. You can figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a quick review. Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star, and you can walk away. For Danthony Danthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.